it's it's nice to have you know like little trophies and things like that but what's even better is that knowing that even if you have a bad day or what regardless of if you have a bad good or bad day you know who you are and that that you are that strong person nobody's perfect everybody makes mistakes and even a strong person a very amazing runner will mess up but that doesn't take away from who they are because who they are is what they consistently do and if I consistently work towards my goals, I know exactly who I am. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Running Tales podcast, where we tell the extraordinary stories of everyday runners. Today's guest is Sho Gray, a runner whose raw ability is certainly on the extraordinary side of things. Sho has set 2024 aside in the pursuit of the anything but everyday goal of qualifying for the US national team for the 24 hour race. To achieve that aim, the professional runner has taken a huge bet on himself. By using money he's saved up in order to fund his training for a year, Show hopes to not only win the US National Championships in November, but to find the inner growth he always pushes for. Show has experience in the 24-hour championship, having finished second in 2019, only coming behind ultra-running legend Harvey Lewis. He's also the holder of the Tennessee state record for the 100-mile distance. But it's all a long way from his first memories of running at an international school in Japan, where he started taking part in the sport with the slightly disputed aim of beating his sister at the cross country. I talked to show about how he developed his career from enthusiastic amateur to professional and how everybody else can pursue better in their own lives. But before we move on to that interview, I just want to remind you all of the incredible discount offer we've currently got on the Racing Grayson training log and planner. It's a great gift for the runner in your life or the perfect training aid for yourself. Designed by a pro runner in Grayson Murphy, a two-time mountain running world champion. The training log and planner is your key to staying organized and inspired on your journey to conquer your running goals. To take advantage of our 20% discount, simply head over to www.racing-grayson.com and go onto the product page there. That's racing, R-A-C-I-N-Grayson, G-R-A-Y-S-O-N.com. Once you're there, use the code RUNNINGTAILS20 to get that discount. Now back to our interview this week with Show Gray, and I started off by asking him about that big target in 2024. It's uh, it's a little crazy. So uh, for the longest time, I, I enjoyed running. I was working towards it, but I was uh, supporting myself because it's hard to be a professional runner because uh, you, in ultra running, you really don't get that much uh, monetary <laughs> value from that and you don't get that much financial support. So I'm supporting myself. But uh, I had this plan for the longest time to um, save up enough money so that I can pretty much put it all onto one year so that I can basically bet on myself and um, see what I can do with that. And um, I thought that this year would be the perfect year and the U.S. championships is coming up in uh, November. And if I do well or um, you know, I don't want to say anything, but uh, if I do very well, then it gives me an opportunity to get into the 2025 World Championship team. And that's what I would like to go for. So it's it's just a big push and then just starting now and it's already exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and for people who, who might not know so much about your career, when you're talking about the US team, that's the, the team racing for the 24 hour race, isn't it? Yes, that is correct. Yes. Now, 
I did notice that, I mean, you're, you're sort of putting this bet on now, but it doesn't strike me as an entirely new bet because you've done a, some pretty long races in the past. And I think yes. if I'm right, you've, you've done pretty well in these national championships as well previously. Uh, I, I say that I got lucky uh, <laughs> in the 2019, I think is what you're referring to. Yeah. I got a silver medal. It was, it was a really hot day and I, Okay, so I mean, I guess I like putting bets on myself, but uh, uh, because it was so hot and I knew that um, I, I don't do well, especially when it was like unreasonably hotter than normal, I took about four hours from running very well to just walking and making sure that my hydration was up because of the heat and went from about second, third place all the way down to 14th place. And um, from there, I was like, this is gonna be interesting. But during the time I was doing that, um, people started dropping because of the heat, because heat exhaustion is serious, especially when you're running for hours and hours and hours. And by the time the sun started going down and I started picking back up and starting to run, I went from 14th to 10th. And then by the time I think two o'clock in the morning rolled around, I found myself in second place and kept at it. And of course, first place is Harvey Lewis. So <laughs> it's hard to, hard to go, you know, beat that guy. He's, he's a monster as well. And so he, he's done bad water. I mean, recently he's done what, 450 miles or something like that. And, um, yeah. backyard ultras. Yeah. Yeah. The backyard ultra, wasn't it? He did. He went for four and a half days or something crazy. Yeah. like that. Oh man. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not even going to try and move on to how someone does something like that because most people who are listening to this are, are, are probably going, "How? what does somebody run for 24 hours and keep it going? And, and I guess the first question is that you probably don't run for 24 hours, do you? Well, I mean, <laughs> the closer you are to running the full 24 hours, the better it is. Right. Um, obviously, everybody needs to go to the bathroom, so there's going to be bathroom breaks. But if you limit those bathroom breaks and you're out there and you properly pace yourself, running for like 23 hours plus change is definitely possible. Okay. And, um, and, and what sort of, what, 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 what kind of pace does that average out at over a, over a day to achieve the kind of thing you're trying to achieve? Well, in, in order to go as far as I want to go, um, let, let's just say that I, I, I would like to hit 160 miles or above if possible. Yeah. So to, in order to hit 160 miles, you need to do um, like a nine minute mile for the duration. So calculating the um, fatigue level, you need to start off with probably like closer to like an 830. You don't want to go too fast, but I would say start off closer to closer to 830, kind of slow down into that nine minutes and then hopefully hold it at like a 915 to 930 up until the end kind of deal. Um, there's some people that says you need to be exactly nine minutes the whole time, but I do not think, I mean, I, I, I will disagree. I mean, people have different ideas and it's okay to have different ideas. My idea is that while you're running, you will fatigue. And because of that, you need to calculate that accordingly and your energy level will be able to be maintained. So you need to have the fitness to be able to run an 830 uh, mile pace and then drop slowly until you get to a average of a nine minute mile, which is what I'm going for. Uh, well, I mean, I'm kind of in awe of that because that 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 is roughly my marathon pace, which is not <laughs> going to take me for 24 hours. Um, how 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 do you go about training for that and getting to that level where you can keep that kind of speed going for such a long time? 
Mm -hmm. Well, for me personally, I very much enjoy the zone two training. Um, I, um, when, especially when I'm building my aerobic base, I focus a lot of my time on that zone two training. Um, that would be like me, I, I do like an 80, 20, uh, principle and 20% of the time I would do zone four, 80% of the time zone two. And that would be my aerobic base building. Once I get through with that, then I would sprinkle in some speed or do something to just add a little bit more instead of making it bland. And that will help me bump up little by little because just doing zone two, it is beneficial for your aerobic base, but you need something to make sure that you continuously grow. And that's why I add the zone for the threshold training and balancing the two really helps me out a lot because the race that I'm running uh, a 24 hour race is basically a zone two run. It just goes on and on forever. Yeah. Again, it wouldn't be zone two for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, you you have to train into that, and you have to like make you, you, zone two is a very it's a, it's a it's not a point, but rather a range, and so you have to understand where that range is. And if you do low zone two versus high zone two, you're going to be going into different ranges of ultras or just uh, for training benefits. Um, uh, from what I've studied, about forty five minutes of zone two three, four times a week is the minimal viable dosage. I go a little bit crazier than that. And so I might do a lot more. Um, but overall, my thing is I want to make sure that I'm very, very efficient in my 100 mile race, like heart rate zone. And because the, the whole goal is to make sure that my body is super efficient. So when I'm running a 100 miles, not a 24, but 100 miles, I look at my heart rate and say, okay, for the first 50 miles, it's 100%. I'm going to run according to my heart rate. And it's going to be about 145 beats per minute, maybe 150 if I'm, you know, pushing it a little bit. And so that's where I'm going to train for during my zone two trainings. That's where I want to be. And so in focusing on that, I'm able to make sure that I'm super efficient at that. If I go a little bit faster, then my efficiency drops a little bit, but that's because I'm training specifically for ultras that I do that. Now, I, what I'm also adding on to this, uh, this time around, is I'm doing a lot more of gym work and making sure that every other part of my body is uh, strong. Uh, runners are notoriously weak outside of running. And so in order to combat that, I have done a lot of studies on what I need to do. And I have um, teamed up with a couple of people to be able to help me understand the various uh, workouts that I could do to maximize um, the muscular endurance, muscular strength, and a lot of weak points that runners do have, especially because in 24 hours, um, you are going to get tired. And when you get tired, muscles aren't going to work properly. And when something you, you can only run as fast as the weakest part of who you are. And so in order for me to be able to get to that, I need to make sure that every single part of me is at the highest level that can possibly be. So that would go beyond just purely doing leg exercises because yes. to take something on like that, you've got to You've got to be strong in far more places than just just the legs that are doing all that work. Of course they are, but but other parts absolutely are too. Yeah. Yes. So we can. I mean, even in legs, I can divide that up and say, okay, not just my legs, but I need to make sure my toes are strong. I need to make sure that my ankle is strong. I need to make sure that both the calves and the shins are strong because like they balance each other out. I need to make sure that my knees are strong and my, and everybody thinks, okay, all you need to do is worry about the quads and the hamstrings, but they don't realize that um, you need to also work on your adductors and abductors, the glues, um, the hit, the, you know, just 
hip flexors. There's so much that you yeah. need to do in, in the core exercises that you got to do to make sure that you maintain the proper running form. I mean, as you run for a long period of time, your running form will um, not look good towards the end. Sure. And as, as you become, you know, slightly hunched over and bad form, then you're going to become much more inefficient. And so the goal is to stay as efficient as long as possible, if not throughout the whole time. And if that, if I can create a body that's able to do that, then I will be able to maximize what I'm capable of. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be able to run a uh, hundred miles in a sub nine minute pace. And uh, that I know that it's a possibility. I just need to continue that for 60 more miles. Um, but with the proper training uh, and I, with a lot of time that I know I have now, yeah. um, I see that as a pretty good possibility and I would like to make sure that it happens. And that's why I've chosen this year to be the year. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I know at the, the pathetic level that I've at, um, you know, I've used doing things like strengthening my hips and the abductors and adductors have made a massive difference to, uh, to my running, but it, I think it goes to show how, you know, the, the attention to detail when you're doing exercises, I came across this recently actually, and was like, you know, someone doing exercises that strengthen their toes. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. But I guess that's what you, you need to do if you're trying to hit a goal like you are, which is to ultimately qualify for this team. Uh, mm -hmm. And, um, and I think even to win that championship, um, what, who, who else are you likely to come up, come up against uh in in november i think it is 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 harvey lewis likely to do it again or i mean that, he's definitely a possibility P peter kostelnik he's also a strong person um my friend jacob moss he says he's not but he could always change his mind so <laughs> <laughs> um th there's there's quite a few people out there that's uh, super strong um i don't uh actually this uh coming weekend there's going to be a race going on and um, a lot of guys are going to be running it, and I'm I'm going to be watching and making sure, like saying, "Oh, okay, hmm, what's going on? What do, who I, do I need to watch out for?" And that'll give me an idea of what where everyone is currently at. But um, I'd say there's probably a solid 10, 15 people that can come. Out of the 10, 15, I'd probably say about like seven, five to seven people will actually go to the U.S. championships. Others will probably choose to go the a different route and want to qualify via um, via a track, the running on a 24 hours on a track. Yeah. Um, because on a track, you can do far more mileage. And on the, the USA uh, championships, it's not on a track. So it's going to be a little bit difficult to do that. But it's the, the whole the golden ticket idea. Um, if you do well, if you do, if you get first in that and you get the qualifying distance down, then that's an automatic entry. And to, so that's what I'm going for. We'll see what happens. So when you're sort of coming up against these people, mm -hmm. how, how does your mindset work on that? Because... I guess the risk is that it can be quite potentially quite daunting, quite intimidating. Do you really have to believe in yourself and your own ability that, you know, even if it's Harvey Lewis or, and I obviously keep picking his name because people will, will kind of know it. You got to think, well, on my day, I've got a chance and I'm going to go out and try and beat him. Mm -hmm. Well, I just don't think about it. <laughs> I just keep it simple. Um, yes. There's no point in thinking about someone else because they're going to do what they're going to do. Mm. And I'm going to do what I'm going to do. So regardless of what they do, I will follow my plan and be the best that I can be. And that's all I can do. 
And so um, uh, they're going to do their best. I'm going to do my best. And we're just going to see what the outcome is. I'm not going to care too much about what they do. Um, obviously, if it goes down to the wire, then things will matter. But it's a 24-hour race. I'm not going to be worried for the first 20-some hours about it. Now, the last four hours, maybe if it's, you know, a little dangerous or something like that, then then I might start thinking race tactics. But I'm even, like from between now and the race day, it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter where they are, how well they're doing. What matters is, do I know where I'm at and am I able to increase the, my ability? And that's what I focus on. Yeah. And, and I guess in a in a race of that that length, that there's no point if someone starts a little bit faster than you're intending to, you're not going to get two hours in and go or, or even 10 hours in and go, I'm going to chase after this person at this point, because you're likely to mess up your own tactics. And exactly. ultimately it's probably not going to do you any good when you've still got another 14 hours to, to catch them up. Yeah. Uh, I look at it very simply. There are things that you can control and things that you can't control. If you put all your energy into the things you can't control, then what happens is you lose a little bit of what you can control and you end up not being able to do that much at all. Yeah. Right. I'm going to rewind a little bit now because I know that your, uh, your running career has not started in 2024, <laughs> just diving straight into this. Um, I mean, how did you first get into the sport? Is it something that you always loved? Oh, man. This is that. Oh, this is a story. Uh, so <laughs> I'll just start with middle school. How does that sound? Yeah, that's cool. So uh, when I was in middle school, um, I wanted to play sports. And as a sixth grader, um, we played uh, soccer or football. And um, I really enjoyed it. But my sixth grade team was not good. And I was very driven and I was like, I wanted to do this. I wanted to get better, but I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I felt like I was, a, I was a weird kid that was always like wanting to do his best and let's push, 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 push. But everybody else is like, let's have fun. And I'm like, winning is fun. <laughs> and so I would work hard, work hard, work hard. But because I would be the only one working hard, the team was still not so good. I was frustrated because I was like, they're not working as hard as I am. I want everyone to work as hard as me. And so the next year, my sister, my younger sister decided to join cross country. And I'm like, and this is her story. She said that I told her that I'm going to join cross country and I'm going to beat you. I don't remember that. So I don't know if it's true, but. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like but, it might be. <laughs> perhaps uh, I will neither confirm nor deny. Um, but I decided to join cross country and it didn't matter what everybody else did. What mattered was how much work that I put in. And so I started out middle of the pack and got a little bit better. And by the time I was uh, from seventh grade all the way up until a senior, I got decently good. I wasn't like ever like number one or anything like that, but I was good enough. And I knew that the more work I put in, the more results I got. And I really enjoyed that. And in my senior year of cross country, um, oh, so uh, another little tidbit, um, I'm from Japan, uh, born and raised there. I went to an international school. And so what we did was we had like the international schools conference kind of thing. And so we had a little meet and we ran that. After that, we went to this thing called, um, uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's basically like the international schools of the Far East. Oh, it's called Far East. And so all the Far East international schools went over to Guam, which is a beautiful place. And so on Friday, we had the individual um, race going on. And on Saturday, there was team relays. 
And so that was the plan. And coach asked us and he's like, Hey, the next day. So you got Friday, the race, Saturday race on Sunday, there's a half marathon. If you'd like to do that, let me know. And me and two other guys were like, yeah, sure. So we signed up for that. So on Friday, I ran the race and um, it was a 5k. It wasn't anything great because I, I think I finished it in like 18 minutes or, you know, I was not a fast runner. I was just a decent runner. <laughs> and so I finished an 18 minute 5k. And then the next day I did a relay and I knew that I was better at longer, the longer the distance, the better I was. And so I ran that uh, like a four, 4.3 mile section of the relay race and our team did okay. And then the next day we had the half marathon race. So I was a race after race after race. And on the third race, um, I happened to win my age division, which was a uh, zero to 19. And I mean, I didn't know that I was just running and seeing what I could do. Yeah. And so I happened to win that one. I was like, this is so much fun. The longer the race is, the better I can do. And I also got to meet, um, I believe, Frank Shorter, who was there and he was giving out um, awards to everyone. And he gave the, you know, the award for the first place in my age group to me. I'm just like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. And so, you know, from there, I was like, when I'm going to college, I'm going to do a full marathon. And so my freshman year, I went to college in America and I ran my first marathon. I did not realize this, but the first marathon I ran, it was nothing but hills. And it was like a hard marathon. But of course, I didn't know anything about that. So it's just like, it's a marathon. What is it? It's just 26.2 miles. Who cares? And so I ran that and I finished, I think it was like a three hours and 12 minutes, which was actually faster than my half marathon average the year prior and i'm like okay this is good i'm improving and then two years later i did the knoxville marathon again and i got a 256 and i'm like this is fun but this is a lot of work i think i'm just gonna chill and after that i kind of just ran marathons for fun until a friend of mine at work said hey there's a 50 mile race you should try it i'm like when is it he's like oh in two months and i'm like <laughs> Sure. And so I had two months to train for it. I'm like, okay, how do I train for a 50 mile race? I'm like, it's basically a marathon, just a little longer. And so I just ran and then sort of tapered like for the last two, three weeks, like a marathon, but I wasn't ready for it, but I went at it. And so I did my first ultra marathon. I jumped from 26.2 miles to a 50 miler and it was a trail marathon. I've never done a, a, a an ultra marathon. I've never done a trail ultra marathon before. And so I just jumped into that and I had a horrible experience. <laughs> 35 miles into the race, I uh, lost everything and I just death marched the last 15 miles, finished it, but felt so happy about it. My muscles were like basically cramping up and convulsing. I mean, if you, I, I, I took a low quality video and it's, you could see my calves just like beating and like, boom, 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 boom. I'm just like, that is so freaky. But after that, I just wanted to do more and more and more. So after the 50 miles, I, I did my first 12 hour race and ran hundred K and then from there, I went back to the same 50 miler and was an hour faster. And then I went to back to the, the place where I did the 12 hour and I did the 24 hour because I was like, if I can do 100K in 12 hours, I can definitely do 100 miles in 24. 
And little did I know that like, it probably would have been easier if I just went to something flat, but like the course that I did, of course, it's just hills. And so I'm doing that. And the second bad thing was because it was a 5k loop in order to get a hundred miles, I needed to do 102.3 miles to actually finish the loop. So yeah. about 22 and a half hours later, I finished the last loop to 102.3 miles. And I was like, I'm done. I finished my hundred miles. That's all I came for. Yeah. But ever since then, I was like, what else can I do? What else can I do? How much more can I improve? And I mean, that's how I got into this ultra world. And now I'm just addicted to becoming a better me. Yeah. So, so was there a point, I guess there must've been a point where you went from, I mean, it sounds a bit, it, it sounds wrong really to say from, or somebody who was just a normal person went out to do hundreds. There were lots of people who go out and do, you do hundred Ks, 50 miles, hundred milers, and they, they sort of do it in, in their pace and their mid to back of the pack. But there must've been a point where you went, hold on a second. I'm actually pretty good at this and I'm getting faster and faster to the point where I'm starting to get pretty close, if not to the front of these packs. Mm -hmm. Oh man, oh, that, 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 that's a very good question. Um, what would that point be? I mean, I, ah, it probably honestly would be the first time that I finished that 102.3 miles in that, because I also happened to win that race. And I was like, right. I like winning, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but um, I also like improving myself. And I, I looked around at the world around me because uh, I, I still lived in a small bubble in this. I was very new at this ultra world and I started going out and doing different things and figuring out like, wow, there are so many people that are so much better than me. And learning about that made me realize I can be better. And so it's not a matter of um, focusing on everyone else and how I do compared to everyone else. It's like, how far can I go? So that curiosity really yeah. got me to move forward even more because I really wanted to see how far can I go? How fast can I go? And how strong could I be? So I'm in this search for strength. And so I think I think the switch probably happened somewhere around there. I mean, I think it's a continuous thing, honestly. Mm -hmm. But when I ran my first 100 miles in under 24 hours, um, that gave me an idea saying I can do so much more because I, I mean, like I, I always seek perfection for myself. I want to be the best that I can be. And so figuring out that I did this, but I could be better gave me more fuel to continue moving forward and moving forward. And um, just one thing led to another, one race led to another, and I just kept improving, improving. And then also sometimes I just fell flat on my face and totally wiped out. Sometimes I just <laughs> messed up real badly, but that's where it, like I was able to learn more and also uh, learn to uh, not ride that ego train and yeah. humble myself because like, it's, it's good to have like a little bit of ego, but I think it's very good to have a lot of that humility. And so it's a balance. I'd say it's probably like, you know, 99% humility, 1% ego, no one to use that ego, but stay humble. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done a, a very baby ultra at 50 K I've spoken to people who've done a lot more. And I think whatever you're doing, when you get to that distance, even the marathon distance, you've got to have that respect for the distance. And if you're just going to go out and go, Oh, I'm great. And try and blast it. You're, you're not going to get very far. Yeah, you definitely ruin your chances when you just go, I can do anything. <laughs> um, and a little, just a slight extension of the previous question, I, I guess. Um, 
Was there a point where you thought, this is what I'm going to do? I'm going to like, you know, because presumably there was a day job at some stage and then you yeah. sort of thought, <laughs> oh, well, I can't, I can't continue doing all of this, all of this training, all of this running and, and the day job. I'm good. This is going to be my thing. Well, again, very good question. Um, so <laughs> I, I really enjoy planning my life. And I enjoy organizing, managing, and making sure everything fits perfectly. Um, and when I was in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to be, except I wanted to be free. Um, and so after graduating college, I knew that um, in order to get freedom, you need to have financial stability. So after college, I had decided that I'd work 60 hours a week and live off of 20 and earn a lot of money. And so like, the whole plan was originally just to give myself freedom. And while I was doing that, that's where my love for ultra running began to develop. And so as I was saving money, saving money, saving money, putting myself in better situations, and I, I developed this love for ultras and improving myself and just seeing what my body can do and also just meeting people and encouraging others and just developing a wonderful community. And that kind of worked very well in tandem. And so what, what the original idea would be financial freedom, but instead of just that, it became, I wanted to be financially free so that I can use that time to put into my training so that I can continue to be better. Because what I want to do is I want to um, be the best that I can be and use that as a platform to encourage everyone else to, you know, be the change. So that, that's kind of how, how it all turned into. It wasn't really a one day I was like, I think this is a good idea. It was more like these two fit very well. Yeah. And I think this is going to work out. And I just kept doing that, kept working at it. And all of a sudden it just really worked out. Have you managed to do that? Have you managed that you said to encourage people to themselves to be the change because, and Obviously, I asked that because you've just said that, but 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 also because um, what you do is what you do with the speeds you do and the distances you do. It is inspirational, but to some people, they're like they're, they're going to be sitting there going, "Oh, well, show can do that." There's no way I'm ever going to be able to run a hundred miles or even fifty miles. I'll, I'll stick to my ten k's, and <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But do do you know what I mean? In 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 that. Well, I think that um, I think that everyone likes to be comfortable and that's our natural human tendency we like to remain in our comfort zone yeah and um i think that the place where we should be is in a place of discomfort because in a place of discomfort it encourages us to grow and so people do realize that people that already run do realize that they just don't realize how deep that can go and so being able to just at least open their eyes to a little bit more being able to see, hey, you know what? That is a possibility. I don't want to do it, but it's a possibility. And that's the step that I would like them to take. Maybe not in running. Maybe it could be in their business world. Maybe it could be in their relationships. Maybe it could be just somewhere else. But being able to talk with people about that and being able to open their eyes to a possibility of growth, because I want, I, I want to always remain a person with a growth mindset. I want to continue building and becoming better and stronger. And in doing that, I also want to help other people 
see that they can do it too and that they can be part of the change in their life in, in the world around them because we all have a circle of influence and I, I have this like a uh, very optimistic dream of uh, saying well if you have enough people just continuing to make that positive uh, you know, just feel vibes and just continue working with their circle of influence, then their circle of influence will also do that and continue spreading that. And that's how you make, you know, change the world with just one person at a time. Do you enjoy the pain? Huh? I enjoy the growth. <laughs> pain is, uh, pain is not fun. But if you can say, this is the price I have to pay to become a stronger me. Then you go through it because I, I forget some, some wise guy said something, there's like two pains, the pain of um, what regret versus the pain of growth or something like that. And yeah. I think that you have to choose. And when, when the pain of, or a uh, pain of remaining the same, basically. So like if, if the pain of being where you are is, so great then you'd rather go jump into the bandwagon of the pain of growth and so that's that's the inflection point and you have to go hey you know what this pain is worth it and for me i just jump into it and say hey this pain is absolutely worth it i'm going for it yeah um and i, I guess moving on from that how, how would you encourage anybody else to take that jump if they're a little bit reticent to 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 do it if maybe they're uh, I, I know even the, if you like this pain of where they are, maybe it's not that much for them. They're sort of, they've, they've mm -hmm. got, got comfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. And bringing back to what you just said with comfortable, maybe mm -hmm. you don't want to go to pain. You just want to go to discomfort. You yeah. don't have to jump in all the way. You have to know where you're comfortable and where you're dis uncomfortable and say that this is the place where I can grow the place of discomfort. And, and being able to say, hey, I just want to put myself there because I can see myself growing. That gives you the opportunity. You don't have to dive in like all the way. You just have to take one step. That's all. And yeah. sometimes the hardest thing to take is the first step. Sometimes the hardest thing to take is just opening the door and going outside. But once you're there, then it just becomes a lot easier because you've got the activation energy. And so in order for a chemical reaction to happen, you need the activation energy. But once you have that, then everything else becomes easier. You just have to have that one little push. And it might be just a little thing saying, hey, I'm, all I'm doing is this. I'm going to go outside, walk to the mailbox and back. Or it could be, I'm going to go outside, walk to the track and back. Or I'm going to go outside, walk for 20 minutes. And little by little, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're growing yourself through that discomfort. And all of a sudden, you find comfort in discomfort because you see yourself growing. And that gives you so much more opportunities. And isn't that also the same thing that will get you through, whether sometimes you might have to walk it because you're so beat up, but will get you through those horrible last 15, 20 miles when you're struggling, when you've lost your running form and everything is is going horrible. But you, you're so... Uh, you just really want to continue that growth and get to the end and achieve that thing. Yes, because what you're doing is you're creating who you are. And when you know who you are and you are very, um, when you identify as that person, because you've been day after day after day after day putting in the work, then there is no other choice but to continue forward.
obviously if you're you know injured like don't do anything stupid sure. but that that's also a problem that ultra runners have if they're injured they just keep on going because that's who they are <laughs> yeah. but outside of that when, when you know that that's the person you are and all you have to do is just continue moving forward you do that doesn't matter how miserable you are you have a goal in front of you and sometimes that misery is so so strong and that's that's when you you know dig deep into yourself or you have friends that say hey you got this and you believe them and you realize who you are and you continue moving forward to that goal yeah and and i think potentially I mean, look, let's go back to what you're trying to do. You, you know, the goal is to get into the US team. It's to win this race if you can. And those mm -hmm. are kind of the A goals. But I think in a lot of these things, there's there's almost B goals, if you like, of getting out there, getting it done. And that mm -hmm. that almost is where the, where the growth is. The growth isn't necessarily in winning it. The growth is going and getting out there and doing it. It's, it's the person that I become. Mm that's who I'm going for. It's, it's nice to have, you know, like little trophies and things like that. Yeah. But what's even better is that knowing that even if you have a bad day or what, regardless of if you have a bad, good or bad day, you know who you are and that, that you are that strong person. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. And even a strong person, a very amazing runner will mess up. But that doesn't take away from who they are because who they are is what they consistently do. And if I consistently work towards my goals, I know exactly who I am. Sure. I think that's a fantastic uh, place for us to, to finish today. I wish you all the luck with everything you do this year and with, with getting yourself qualified into that team. And thank you so much for joining me today on the Running Tales podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Greg. Thanks again to Show Gray for joining us on the Running Tales podcast and good luck to him in his pursuit of that place on the 24-hour US team. If you enjoyed my conversation with Show as much as I did, please do give us a positive rating or review wherever you listen to Running Tales. It really does help other people to find the podcast and to be able to listen to stories like Show's. A quick reminder again of our 20% discount offer on the Grayson Murphy training log and planner. All of those details are in our show notes, so please do go and check that out. It's a fantastic offer. Thanks again for joining me this week on the Running Tales podcast, and I look forward to seeing you again for another extraordinary running story next week. <laughs>